Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. Roy Kent is like the best character in that show. Oh, he is, that man. boy. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you sound like Roy Kent. Are you serious? Uh, dude. You've been holding out on this? Brando. The dude's 45 years old today. I'm not going to say happy birthday to him because I hope he had a bad birthday. I hope he blew out a candle over an avocado and then didn't eat it. And it's just miserable. And Pat. Reed Ferguson was trying to whip it. He, did. he throws a football like I do, but like, you know. <laughs> There's a clear <laughs> drop off, I would say. On Buffalo Rumblings. All right. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando. The whole gang is back together again. I am back from the frozen tundra, even though it's beautiful there but anyway we got a full show today so i'm not going to dolly around this is a buffalo rumblings network podcast you can find us on twitter at not buff podcast almost forgot the handle there i'll be okay gentlemen how are we doing it's so good to see you both here <laughs> it's very Brandon great spent the last right episode staring at himself in uh in a webcam so uh hey not a bad view right talking to myself and he did a great job like i brandon round of applause dude he killed it he did it. If you listened to the last episode, you probably had a good time. I had a good time editing it on the plane back from Seattle to here. Thank you, Brando, for, uh, you know, covering for both me and Pat. So uh, saving saving our butts. So. I was just basically talking to Tony the whole time and he's walking <laughs> across my laptop. But it is great to see you guys. I, I don't like that. Uh, I'm not a one person <laughs> show here. You guys, I, I I literally listened to, I told John this, I listened to like a minute of it and was like, nope, it's it's good. We're, we're, I'm never going to listen to that. So uh, <laughs> uh, we're good. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, kudos to all the guys that do one man shows, it is a, it is a different animal for sure. You know, and especially with our type of show where it's literally just like the theme of our show is three dudes sitting around drinking beers, talking yeah. about football. Like that's, that's a hard thing to do a podcast by yourself yeah. on, you well, know, and that sound insane, which I give you credit for too. So well, and when I said it was like, that's exactly what I said. Like, this is not three average dudes just talking about this. Like what we're going to talk about. Uh, like, but when I went to say it's good, I just meant to say we're good. Me and myself never listening to that again. Cause I don't like listening to my own. You're voice, good. You're but, good. You yeah. <laughs> uh, either way. I'm glad to see you both here because you know, you guys are my Bills bros. That's what our group chat is called, and I'm glad that we're here to talk about it. Hell yeah, dude. All right, so uh, before we get to stuff, we got a couple announcements to get to that we keep forgetting to get to, which is my fault, because we're back to creating outlines because it's the on-season now. So 
plus one for trying to be organized at least um the nabp fantasy league if you have not heard anything yet do not worry we have not drafted we have not left you in the dust we have not planned anything yet so stay tuned for a draft date probably the end of august is what we're shooting for um probably like the 30th or the 29th um evening draft like 8 p.m eastern or something like that so we'll decide on that we'll get that nailed down and then send out email updates to everybody all spots are filled as far as we know people who reached out with interest those of you who are put on the alternate list uh i think we let you know there's like two or three alternates so if some of the first people who signed up don't fully sign up and agree to enter the draft and stuff like that you'll get their spot so we'll have enough either way but i'm excited to do that with you guys that'll be fun i'm in three fantasy leagues this year after starting to do fantasy in just one league last year so um the addiction is taking off uh with this progression i should be in like 10 or 11 next year and uh upwards from there so uh pat you're just doing the uh nabp fantasy league and our uh our friend league with with nate right i believe so um you know, maybe I, I was trying to do laundry today and I was having to really pick out like, you know, I was having to do the fantasy laundry draft and I was like, this is too much drafting <laughs> for me. So I think that I think the two drafts are good for sure. But what it'll gets be clean? What gets clean? Is this a first round pick? Yes, this goes yes. in the hamper. Do I need this? No, this is not that dirty. Pat, aren't you excited for the uh, Saturday night text for me and Brandon reminding you to set yeah. your lineup, you know, week seven? <laughs> I am. I mean, I... Not to get off topic, but I am a little bit interested to see what the NFL streaming service, um, I'm considering getting that. And I feel like that would help me stay on top of it yeah, a little bit I easier agree. than, you know, I feel like when I watch the games, I just go over to my dad's house and God bless you. I love your dad. But like, we just, you know what I mean? We get talking and rambling and then I don't ever look <laughs> at the lineup. So I don't know. It's exciting though. The, you know, anyone that's uh, going to be playing with us, these two guys are top notch fantasy owners and it should be a good time. Yeah, I'm top excited. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say top notch, no, but maybe either. for Brandon. But anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> take with it what you will. Uh, Brandon drafts mostly Carolina Panthers. So mm. uh, we'll see if that's true. I drafted two again this year. <laughs> DJ Moore is a good fantasy play always, and Baker Mayfield or, or Sam Darnold was real bad. But yeah, that's all right. It's all right. Yeah. All right. So. This right now, what you were listening to is episode 98. So that means that next Wednesday is the big one. So Brandon, you want to you want to make the announcement for this? So next Wednesday when you're listening to our 100th episode. 100 a century, one more than 99, one less than 101. We are going to celebrate with you all by bringing in a segment that we have not used yet in the off season, our pick six pickums that we do during the season where we pick NFL games. This is going to be a pick six prizes. We have six different giveaway items to give away during our hundredth episode. And to enter our giveaway, you have to follow not another Buffalo podcast on Twitter and retweet the pinned giveaway tweet that will be tweeted to enter and I hope you do. We have some cool stuff, uh, some NABP swag. We, I think we have the coolest logo ever. So uh, maybe something relating to that, maybe some Bill's gear. We'll see. Uh, we're going to let it be. We're going to record live when we do the drawing, and that will be when you find out what the prizes are for sure. And maybe we can get a list together and put that on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. So it'll be, like, yeah. it'll be like T-shirts, uh, beanies, that kind of stuff. Um, we're going to use a print on demand site that I've, that I've used before for stuff. So we got all the designs and the logos and that kind of stuff. 
Um, and it's print on demand. So you'll just basically, if you win, you'll send us a mailing address and then we'll just ship it to you for free in your size also. So we'll get all that stuff squared away. It'll be cool. It'll be fun. But yeah. So all you got to do is follow NABP, like Brandon said, and retweet that top tweet. It'll be pinned just to make it easy. And then keep your DMs open and uh, keep an eye on it because we'll be messaging winners that way, most likely. Cool. Uh, sweet. Let's see. Next. Okay. So, Pat, you brought this to our attention and a uh, friend of the show, Mikey Sr., uh, you know, who raised a lot of us on the show um, and <laughs> taught us how to punt footballs. He uh, he showed you this graphic that he saw on Twitter, and I saw this as well, and I just kind of scrolled past it because I was like, what's up with that? So you want you want to share what the, the graphic said? Well, looking at this graphic, and if you guys listening out there know, I guess, a little bit better than we do, when I was looking at um, this graphic, it says highest attendance percentage and it has the Cleveland Browns with the highest attendance percentage, even though the Buffalo Bills had more fans in the stadium last year. So according to this, and I mean, I I don't know how reputable the source is. It's from game, the game day, but um, yeah, I mean, apparently the top 10 teams with highest attendance percentage are number one, the Browns, 99.2%, which I find that, I mean, if you want to watch seven and eight football and watch, um, you know, the, the Browns run the ball 14 more times than they should in a game and, you know, I don't know, break <laughs> your heart. That's cool. Or if you want to watch Mac Jones throw a three yard slant on fourth and seven, um, you know, you could watch the New England Patriots there uh, at second. So it goes Browns, Pats, Rams, which I get. Okay. All diehard fan bases. But number four, the Miami Dolphins. I I don't know how I feel about that. That just doesn't even sound right. I don't really think that there's too many people. Is it is it Hard Rock Stadium down there? Am I yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah. Half full stadium. Yes. Half that's, full stadium. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what they call it. Um, Baltimore Ravens, number five. Chiefs, number six. Bears, that makes sense. Bears, number seven, which... I mean, if you're still showing up to Chicago Bears games in 2022, God bless yeah. you. I mean, as um, far as attendance percentage, that one actually makes a little bit of sense, too, because they've got one of the smaller stadiums in the NFL, correct? I think so. I mean, they, definitely it's older, so I wouldn't imagine that, you know what I mean, it would have the same capacity that other stadiums would have. And then rounding out the bottom three are Broncos, Vikings, and Colts, which if any of you listeners know, I'm just trying to figure out what this exactly entails. And I'm thinking maybe because we have more box seats in the stadium that we wouldn't be on this list, but you would think that we would at least be in the top 10. So I, I don't, I'm yeah, just, and it says on this graphic that it includes home and away games as well. Yes. So the fact that, I mean, the bills aren't even in the top 10 of, of any of this and that they're one of the best traveling teams as well. I mean, when I went to the Titans game here in Nashville, half of the stadium was bills fans and the other half was Titans fans like facing each other behind the two benches. Um, so I'm not really sure how that works, but, uh, yeah, feel free to uh, inform us if, if any listeners have an answer to that. But that's kind of a head scratcher. And even yeah. more so the Miami Dolphins because their stadium is notoriously has empty seats on Sundays. So I, I think know. they only show up when Josh Allen's in town. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When their dad's in town, Father's Day. Their yes. whole sports culture in Miami is just not normal. Like what were you accustomed to? Right. Yeah. It's, it is like a business thing. It's like taking yeah. out a potential client to, to a game on yeah. Sunday. That's what, that's what a lot of the, the box seats are at most stadiums, even LA and stuff like that. Not to say that LA fans aren't diehards, but yeah, I don't know. Bit of a head scratcher, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that their, uh, <laughs> their information source is, is a little bit flawed and where they're getting their statistics from. Would you but, get it from Wikipedia? Uh, I don't know. 
Probably. Probably. But, yeah, maybe, not, maybe not some Dolphins fan stuff. updated yeah. the Wikipedia page and uh, just lied about it, and they still only got fourth. The Dolphins yeah. times have... Dolphins fans have that much time on their hands? Wow, say that three times fast. Do Dolphins fans have that much time on their hands? MC Brandon. <laughs> they get January and February off every year. Oh, so, I mean, right. every year, yeah. <laughs> and they get to hold their framed picture of Ryan Tannehill in bed at night and wonder what could have been, you know? Well, to be fair, Pat, you do the same thing. So I do, I do. <laughs> I yeah. talked about Ryan Tannehill at the end of the last episode, John. Did, did you hear you? that? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Pat, I was I was afraid if you're going to listen to it because uh, Brandon was not buying the Ryan Tannehill hype. Bust! So, uh, He's going to bust. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, I mean, if you call ten years of slightly better than mediocre play in the NFL bust, <laughs> I won't say great play or good play, but slightly above mediocre. I just yeah. said, you know, they they lost to AJ Brown and replaced him with Robert Woods, and Derrick Henry might lose a step and. Being average and then taking a little step back would put you as a bust. So that was the logic. Yeah. Yeah, I can follow it. So, Brandon, you had a pretty good weekend. Uh, You got to go to the return of the red and blue practice on Friday, which I guess is, you know, a lot of days ago now. It was cool. But how was that? Um, Obviously, it wasn't totally full. I I think there was rumors of 70,000 tickets being distributed. I don't know if that was accurate or not based on the fact that it looked like there was only really fans in the lower bowl for the most part. But uh, well, what was that like being there? Uh, it was a beautiful evening. It was really hot, but then the clouds came in and no matter what, any time of day, as long as it's clear, if you're up on the very top row of the 300 levels and you look out, you can see the city and you can even see Niagara Falls. You can see the waterfront. You can see the windmills. You can see the hills and the south towns. It's just beautiful. It's a very beautiful spot that we have in Orchard Park. That view might get even better if the new stadium is taller, by the way. Yeah, that would be really cool because that's one of my favorite spots. And then you could see the rain coming in because there was like storms rolling in over the lake. So I know you, you know, it's useless to show you this photo now, but it's like, it was really cool to see. That's cool. Everything. But when you look at the football side of it and the fans, I've worked this event six years in a row. And this was the year I didn't. So this is the seventh year I didn't. And each year there has been more and more fans. When I first started, it might have been the first couple rows of each section full. And then like last year, there's kind of a buzz about it. But this year, with every seat in the 100 levels, probably full. Like the whole lower bowl was sold out. I believe the estimate was 35, 36,000 people showed up. Yep, um, yep. There was people in the 300s. There was a lot of people in the 300 level. Um watching this practice and it was cool the scrimmage was good josh played really well i thought he scrambled a bunch he had some nice throws keenan oh case keenum case keenum <laughs> case keenum played well obviously not well enough for me to remember his name but <laughs> it looked good the defense i don't know we have a good offense i just have to remember that when we when i watch our defense try to play but they you know they hung in there going against one of the best offenses in the league our running backs looked sharp i thought for sure cook and Singletary look good. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. You yeah. said you went to Cleveland yeah. too this weekend? Yeah, I saw Justin Verlander pitch on Thursday. Nice. My boy, nice. former that, Detroit that's, Tiger. That's like one of those, I mean, I'm not much of a baseball fan, but that's like a bucket list kind of thing that you can just check off, right? Yeah, I saw him well, pitch. Going to the Hall of Fame for sure. So. Yeah, I saw him pitch like his last start in Detroit before he got traded. And I had been following him his whole career, uh, obviously, as a Tigers fan with the heartbreak that that entails. 
But the game that I went to, he threw six shutout innings, two hits. And then last Thursday, he did the same thing. So it was cool. My two games that I've seen him pitch are shutouts. So I nice. feel lucky. And he's 40 now, so he's probably going to hang it up soon. But Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but speaking of uh, niche situations and scenarios, I was going to ask you what the hoopla was about the... Uh, you know what the hoopla was about with that helmet coming out there? What can you uh, confirm or deny the uh, helmet gate situation going on out there with Josh Allen? Um, what that entailed? The red, the red helmet that he had on. Yeah, I, that's like the first thing that I've got on my next segment. Do you guys just want to tackle that then? Because Brandon, I'm sure you have yes. that written yeah, down we'll, too, we'll right? Tease that. All right, you want to let me? You want to let me get that transition in after the? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> want to edit in that transition? Yeah, no, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, we're going to be right back. We got some uh, buy, sell, or trade. I mean, it's actually just buying and selling. So we're going to take some camp storylines and uh, assess whether we're buying or selling them, whether it's a big deal or whether it's just a camp storyline. So we'll be right back with that. Stick around. So I've got a list here and Brandon's got some as well. We're going to go through them. Um, these are some training camp storylines that we've been following. Uh, if you follow Buffalo Rumblings online, if you follow any of the beat reporters that are doing such a great job covering camp and stuff like that. And if you saw any stuff on social media about the return of the red and blue, these are some storylines that we're following that we're trying to decide whether we're buying into the hype or not. So this is buying or selling training camp storylines. I also have a couple of NFL ones because I want your opinions. There's a lot. There's a lot happening. There's a lot around. to talk about right now. There yeah. is. There is. Yeah. So first off, most importantly, red helmets. Are you buying the hype? So two two part question, I guess. A, do you like the one that Josh wore, that specific design? And B, do you think we will see any 2022 Bills games in those uniforms? You buying it? You selling it? I'm going to log on to eBay and I'm going to list this for sale because a our alternate uniform is the white helmet with the standing red Buffalo as is on my head right now. And that's my favorite look. I love that alternate. And for them to ditch that, which they won't, they can't add on another helmet unless it's with their color rush jerseys per the NFL guidelines. And then if you have a red helmet for the color rush jerseys, now you're going red pants, red jersey, red helmet, and you don't have any blue or any white of your team's identity colors. So I don't think they're going to do it this year. Maybe another time. It could be in the cards. I like that Josh Allen did that, but that's I'm going to sell it. Yeah, I like that. So I will say I've you know, Sal did a good job kind of putting uh, ice on that fire. Um, when it came out with those NFL guidelines and a couple other people too. Yeah, I definitely heard that from Sale. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> what you just said, Brandon, uh, about the NFL rules and stuff like that. But tell me this. So the NFL rules, so you have to do one solid color for your color rush uniform. You can't do the red jersey on the white pants like uh, Josh was wearing for that training camp practice. But those red on reds, They've been wearing them for a lot of years. They're probably my least favorite uniform that the Bills wear besides the white on blue. Obviously love the the throwback alternates. What would you think if they did their alternate uniform was white on white with the red helmets? And that was their color rush uniform because that would qualify. 
Teams have done teams have done white on white for their color rush uniforms before. They might look like a lollipop. <laughs> I mean, you might be right. But True. have you have you seen the edit of Josh Allen? Like most of the edits with the red helmet are with a blue jersey, right? Most of the edits that you see yes. on Twitter. Have you seen the one that's got the nineties white away unis on it? It it is like cleaner than clean. Really? I might have to I might have to find it. Um, but dude, I, I would think so too, but I have played a lot of times alternate Jersey and Madden, the red helmets look good with white on white. If you do the nineties jerseys. So I don't know if your color rush probably can't be a throwback Jersey as well, but white on whites, I think that's the only possibility that exists for them to wear those this year. And, uh, I don't know. I don't want to go on too long about this cause I've already talked too long about it, but I feel like Josh wearing the helmet, it was it was the modern helmet. It was a fitted helmet. It was not, it, you could tell that it fit him. It wasn't just like something that he got from somewhere and threw on. Right. So if these red helmets exist, maybe this was like a little trial to see if the fans liked it, what the fan response was. And I think the overwhelming fan response was love the red helmet. The blue stripes got to go. You got to do the white stripes uh, around the blue stripe in the middle like the nineties helmets were. And I don't know if you guys agree with that. Feel free to disagree, but I feel like that was kind of the overwhelming response on Twitter. And I kind of thought that too, honestly, but Pat, what did you think of the look? No, I mean, I thought it looked pretty cool. I think Josh is pretty ballsy to say, I'll, I mean, I obviously I think he was saying it jokingly that, um, he would continue to wear it and pay the fines cause he makes enough money. But, right. um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it's one of the, I, I could give a sh- they wore black every game if they win the Super Bowl, <laughs> man, honestly. Um, but it's it's also one of those deals. Now, this is going to be a very unpopular take. So I feel like when they wear the old school Buffalo, that is a championship legacy. That's a two-time championship team. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like, and I, I'm not saying the 90s teams aren't great, but also at the same time, I feel like this team is so much different than those teams that it's kind of unfair to both teams to kind of draw the comparison and say that this team needs to have the same aesthetic. You know what I mean? That'd be like me being like, I can't wake out. I can't, you know, wait to break out this t-shirt that my old girlfriend gave me. And even though, you know what I mean? She's great. (laughs) And you have a good time with her. It's not like you want to bring the t-shirt out because you you know, it's, you know, you got your own clothes to wear now and you don't want to bring out something sentimental. That's going to give you mixed feelings, you know, and you, you already wear different stuff. And so I just don't know if it's fair to either team, you know, especially, um, you know, them being, you know, both great in their own ways. I, I don't know. It's touchy. I would like to see it, but I don't think it's necessarily like an absolutely has to happen type deal. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. I I can, I can definitely see that. I've never thought of it that way before, to be honest. I've just always thought like, wow, those uniforms were cool. They're retro, you know, this kind of thing. And we've always kind of wanted to see it as, as kind of that third look, but you know, like I, I totally understand what you're saying there, but so we're, I mean, uh, I'd like to see it, but I just don't think it's, you know what I mean? I think that both teams are equally great and I just wouldn't want there to be some sort of comparison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and people are two. constantly going to compare new teams to old teams and no one's ever going to come up with a, you know, people constantly are trying to say who would the Warriors beat the, you know, would the Warriors beat the yeah. 96 Bulls and, and that kind of stuff. And no one can ever come up with a definitive answer. So People will do that, but I mean, that's a, that's a whole different topic for another, another day. So anyway, I think we're all selling that mostly. I mean, we'd love to see it, but probably not going to happen this year, but yeah, we're still hoping, but anyway, we're going to fly through these other ones. Cause I took way too long on that one. My bad. All right. 
Buying or selling, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to sign with the Bills at some point this season. Well, he did take a very racy picture with Mr. Andre Reid on Twitter, though. True, I will say. true. And I don't that, know I mean, they were pretty the... lost in the... They're pretty lost in the sauce, so I don't know if, like, you know what I mean? Those comments were made in, in jest or something, but... Well, I uh, mean, did you see the stuff with Von Miller uh, today on Instagram or any of that stuff? Oh, I don't have Instagram, man. So, well, I saw it reposted on Twitter. On Twitter. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Brandon, you want to tell him? Did you see it? I saw the same thing you saw, John. I saw it on Twitter where somebody posted it, like Von Miller doing this. But he put an edit of... Odell Beckham Jr. in a Bills jersey wearing number three saying, we about to chase this ring, dot, 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 again, question mark. Like, trying to yeah. get Yeah, and Odell Beckham, I think, commented, like, what's the locker next to you look like? Or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. well, might be some smoke and mirrors, but ask Pat, yeah. you buying or selling? Well, God bless the 2032 Buffalo Bills that are going to go 0-18 because the NFL is going to add an extra game to the schedule. I mean, we are really putting all our eggs in the basket of the next, you know, whatever, two to three to five possibly, you know, years. So it's cool. I'd like to see it. I mean, I don't, I think this team is pretty complete as it is, but I mean, if he wants to come here and he wants to sign a team friendly deal, I don't think it's the worst thing. Yeah. Brandon, what about and you? also he's coming off a huge injury though too. I do want to throw out there, so I don't know yes. if he's going to be the same player. He probably wouldn't be ready until midseason. So Brandon, buying or selling? If you heard me in the last episode, you would know that I would go to the ATM, I would take my debit card, I would take all the cash out of my account, and I would walk over to Odell Beckham Jr. I would say, play half a season with us, and then we'll give you another deal next year. And I don't care if you're going to be behind Shakir or... Davis or Diggs will put you on a snap count, get a good rotation, and you're going to play with Josh Allen when he throws 50 touchdowns in a season. I mean, even last season, he projected, what, 300 yards, five touchdowns. So if you get 600 yards and 10 touchdowns from Odell Beckham Jr. for $5 million a year, yes, go do it. Do you think he signs for $5 million a That's year? That's the cap dog? space that we have. So I, I say, if- and with the TV rights being changed next year, this salary cap went up 20 million this year. It's probably going to go up 40, 40 and 40. So you're looking at like a, a huge jump the next three to four years with the revenue from the new TV deals and the streaming services and the increased attendance and ticket prices and new stadiums like we're going to have here. So I don't care. Salary cap doesn't exist. Bring them in. Let them chase another ring. I want to see it. He's he's probably like, one of the biggest reasons that the Rams got to the Super Bowl last year. Huge. Honestly, he's huge, and the fact that you got a guy like Julio Jones going to Tampa, and you got like Sammy Watkins going to Green, Green Bay, Bay, and and you got these other receiver, you know, big teams. You have to arm up. You're an injury away. If Diggs goes down, how do you feel with Davis as your number one? Not good. I would feel so much better having somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. on our side. And even if he wants to stay for half a year or he wants to come show that he's worth it, we gave them a chance and he links up with Von Miller's deal. Maybe he gets a three-year deal at 15 per, you know, three years at 45, whatever it could be. I want him here. Yeah. I mean, you're not really, he's in a position for a one-year deal. It's not like you're going to sign him for three, four years down the line and and get screwed or something like that. So I'm with it for one year. I think that they wait until midseason. You, know, you have or, to do that because of the salary cap, because his cap hit will be half. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to offer him a $5 million one year deal, his cap hit at that point, you could pay it out in you know 2.5. You could do a $2 million bonus. So he could get real fancy if he signs later. Yeah. 
So I might be I might be buying that, but probably only at at mid season point. So only when it's on sale. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. All right. Buying or selling cornerbacks are underperforming and we should be worried about the first stretch of the season if Trey's not ready to go. Buying or selling? Uh, well, I mean, Dane Jackson sort of held down the fort. Um, I mean, it's not really like he was playing against a whole lot of world beaters. I mean, he did kind of, you know, get beat up on a little bit in the Tampa Bay game and obviously, you know, in the, the Chiefs game. I mean, he, he held down some subpar New England Pats receivers and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I... I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, yeah. it, I guess it depends on how good Kyrie Elam is, and we can't really tell from training camp. So True. Selling. Brandon, what about you? Sell. So we have the best defensive coaching in the NFL. They do wonders with secondary. They do wonders with young players in the secondary. You see the new guy, the other rookie coming up, um, um, Christian Benford. Uh, yeah, six-rounder. Yeah, six-round pick. Elam. And then you got Dean Jackson did hold the fort down. We talked about him in a previous episode and his stats and Trey White's going to be ready. I'm not worried. So yeah, I'm selling it too. not, not to mention that the fact that they're already going up the, against the best receivers in the league or, or some of them. So, yeah. you know, if they were going up against Sammy Watkins and, you know, Jordan Matthews, I'd be concerned if they were getting burned still, but you know, it's Gabe Davis. And I mean, like you guys said, I mean, they're, they're coached so well that it's not like they're going to be put in a position where they're going to have to play press man all the time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, sweet. Uh, next one. The lack of cohesive reps on the offensive line may lead to issues in the regular season like it did last year, buying or selling. That's a SAT word, cohesive, man. I like it. Um, <laughs> it's not but, that big. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not Roger Saffold's fault. It got in a car accident or whatever, you know. But um, I, I mean, when you look at that year from, what is it? I guess it would be that 2020 year. Wasn't, there were a lot of different offensive line combinations, like a lot. Like I want to say like, I don't know, nine Ty and Saki, Daryl Williams, Cody Ford, Dion, yeah, It was a Mitch, while before Feliciano. the same lineup played a full game. I mean, it was, it still was that way a little bit last season. I mean, think about bit, how yeah. the lineup changed last year with Feliciano in and out. You Spencer had Brown stepping up. Yeah, exactly. Spencer Brown eventually kind of held down the fort at right tackle. And then Ryan Bates came in and became the linchpin at guard. And now we don't even know if he has a starting job based on how they're dividing reps because the starting five that we thought had everything locked down is not taking a snap together at training camp, obviously because of injuries to, you know, Saffold and I think... Um, yeah, and you also... Ha- he's not part of the starting lineup as of now, but, um, you know, quote unquote, what we're thinking... Um, but also Spencer Brown, I think, is just coming back from an injury as well um, and is just starting to take snaps again. So are you guys worried about that? Yay, nay, in between? I would buy it. And I would say based off what happened last year, same thing. We struggled out the gate. But you have to remember, we have a guy who can outrun every defensive person on the planet. So you might not ever need some elite offensive line. It sucks. You don't want Josh to have to run like that every time, but he is going to be the reason that they're able to buy time to figure it out once they can get together and get the reps that they need. Then once you see the, you know, they kind of transitioned last season as well. They got the running game going. Devin Singletary had a really good last stretch of games. And you might see that again this year where they come out really kind of in shotgun in 11 personnel in quick offensive attack mode just because of the offensive line might need not might not need to block as much but then as they get together you might see more you know pro style eye formation run the ball play action as you get into the playoff time so i'm not i'm gonna buy it but i'm not worried about it well and i mean the other thing is as well i mean i'm not saying 
I mean, obviously, you know, Josh Allen is human. And the older he gets, the the more you run that risk all the time. But, I mean, you know who the most sacked player in NFL history is? The Super Bowl champ. Played John, John an insanely long time. Played like 18 years in the NFL. It's Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I mean? And that's not the first thing you think of when you think of player who got sacked an enormous amount. You're thinking David Carr and stuff. So, I mean, I think that, I, I mean, obviously... You know, he played a long time, but like, you know, he's been sacked more than Tom Brady, who's played, you know, I think now, I guess it would be seven more seasons than him. So I guess it, it depends on the build of the player. And I mean, obviously, you know, if he goes down, it's the entire gross domestic product of the city of Buffalo. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's the end of the world if, you know, he takes a couple sacks, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Really, yeah. as long as it's not like I mean, because and that's the interesting thing about the NFL today, too, is like never had I seen in history a team with such a bad offensive line like the Bengals make it as far as they did in the playoffs. And so, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe the, the game is changing to the point where it really isn't that big of a deal. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you need some sort of offensive line play. I'm not saying I mean, obviously, you know what I mean? You got to have a second yeah. or two to throw the rock, but. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like any offensive struggles uh, last year, I felt like we could, we could blame most of it on the offensive line and Josh not having time. So, I mean, if they're even just a little bit better than last year, I think it'll be easier. And you're going to have James Cook this year, which is going to give you, you know, two different back speeds. You're not going to have two of the same thing. Uh, for the defensive screen line, option so. out of the backfield yeah, will help their offensive line. Too. Yeah, so exactly. Much. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of buying that as well. Like it may take, you know, the majority of the season for the offensive line to get up to speed. But I think no matter what, like they're going to be hitting their stride in December, which is the important part. So I'm good with that. Anyway, next up, Isaiah McKenzie will be the starter in the slot week one and is going to have a huge breakout season buying or selling. Can I pawn it? I don't want to buy it and I don't want to sell it because I still think we're underselling Crowder. He's back. He's healthy. He's in the reps again. And I think they're going to find a way to use them both. Honestly, he might start. They might get like 60% of the snaps each, which is weird, which the way that they deploy their wide receivers and how Ken Dorsey wants to get into it is going to be the telltale. But I'm not going to buy it because of the other players on this team. But I'm not going to sell it because I think he could really break out this year as well. That's not a good, that's not what you're looking for to listen to, but like, <laughs> sorry. Brent, well, just a professional fence sitter here. Yeah. I was going to say you're a politician over here, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I buy it. I buy it. Face of the franchise, UGA Bulldogs, woof, woof, woof. Um, Isaiah McKenzie. I think that, you know, he's in a position as well where people are like, well, you know, he's a fan favorite and he's taking a team friendly deal. But if I'm Isaiah McKenzie, I'm sure Brandon Means had him down and said, listen, dude, I'm going to give you a shot to have more reps, to have more catches, more targets than you've ever had in your entire career. And like, if you want to leave here, you're going to have a chance to make a ton of money. And I think that, you know, as much as we don't want to think that, I think that that's something that, you know, is, is part of the plan as well. And I don't know, like you said, I mean, we, we have a lot of weapons on the team, but I would love to see it. And what did Josh Allen call him the other day in practice? What did he call him? A muscle, muscle hamster, hamster, I believe. Yep. Yes. So I, I would think that that's a compliment if, if nothing else. And if the big fella is throwing out compliments like that, I mean, you must be doing something right. I was talking to my dad unpopular take if this happens i'm gonna have to think of something outrageous i would do um but <laughs> hear me on this. this is a very strange take unpopular take i mean we're gonna assume stefan diggs is gonna have a thousand yards receiving you know what i mean especially in a 17 game season but 
What if Isaiah McKenzie is the second thousand yard receiver and not Gabe Davis? What if all three of them do? If all three of them do, then I'll buy all three of their jerseys. (laughs) All right. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard him here first. Pat Caper making $300 worth of purchases on BuffaloBills.com. I, 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 I would if we had three 1,000. I don't think there's ever been a team with three 1,000-yard receivers. Has there? I don't know. You, you, That's a good question. Well, while you're looking that up, Brandon, I am kind of buying this. And if you are going to make the case that Isaiah McKenzie is going to have a breakout season, look at all the times that he's been thrust into the starting role and look how he's responded. Like the Patriots game. That may have been a matchup thing where they started him over, you know, Cole Beasley at that point and he got more reps. But when he's gotten snaps, he's put up numbers and the times that he hasn't put up numbers is because he's not getting snaps and he's the gadget guy. So he's been balling out at training camp. And I know we can't overreact to that because even Nathan Peterman can kill it at training camp. But so I'm I'm, kind of buying it. And I think the only thing that's going to hold these receivers short is just the target share. I mean, if any of these guys were on different teams and they were, you know, higher on the depth chart, then, you know, I think they could all be number one ride receivers in their own right on on certain teams. So, you know, maybe not the best one, you know, number one wide receiver, but so they're going to be lethal. All right. I have two things. I have the list of NFL thousand yard receiving trios, and I have one buy or sell that I want to do before we run out of time here. That's around the NFL. It's within the division. Tease. But list of NFL thousand yard receiving trios. There have been five. Can I guess? Okay. Yes, you can guess. This is is trivia. trivia. This is trivia for the day. Okay. There has not been one in the last decade. You got to go back a ways. Oof. See, I'm I'm thinking it's got to be able to name a full trio here, but it's got to be Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and a third guy. No. No, really. That would have been my first guess. They had 900 yards in 2011. Oh, actually, it was Wes Welker, Rob Gronkowski, and Aaron Hernandez. They were a trio with 900 yards. 2007? 2007. No, that was 2011. The 2007 Patriots don't make it on the list. Gotcha. What about... I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Let's see. Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, and Shannon Sharp. Are they on this list? 98 Broncos. Nine... 98 Broncos, um, 99 Broncos, the no, name, 97 Broncos, the name Ed, Broncos. No, you're not correct. But I thought I saw the name Ed McCaffrey. No, nope, he's not false. Hmm. So not in the past 10 years. What about um, hmm, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark? Close. You got two out of three in 2004 with the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was the quarterback. So there's a, there's a Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Yes. And, and then there's a third more. guy that's, that's, that's not Dallas Clark. Correct. This is a former wide receiver drafted by the Ravens in the fourth round, played college football at the university of Louisiana at Lafayette. Uh, his name is the same as a co-host on the show. Uh, Brandon something. <laughs> When you're really excited about something, you might say this, that you're, you're this about it. Elated? No. Let me give it to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stoked. 
You're Sto- oh, Brandon Stokely. Yeah. All right. You he was, got uh, one. Brandon Stokely. He was a, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's the one who caught, he actually, he caught a, a touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Giants in 99. I remember seeing that highlight. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got Stokely. one down. Is there, is there a Denver Broncos Peyton Manning team on here with no. uh, Demarius Thomas? You no, know, that's yeah. the, you just got it in 2004 and there's one other in the 2000s and the rest, there's one in the 90s and two in the 80s. Oof. Yeah, I'm gonna have a hard time. Let's see. Um God, this is difficult. One of dude, these teams, the the team that is the last team that did it did go to a Super Bowl. Did go to a Super Bowl. Um this can season. You give me the year. If you give not, me the year, I guarantee. No, I'll tell you that you. you would get it then. Um it's too within easy. the so it's over ten years ago. Is it before or after Peyton Manning squad? It's in the 2000s. It's not in the 2010s. It's in the 2000s. <sighs> give me a minute. Give me a minute. It's after 2004. Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson. Nope. James Jones, Greg. Uh, is it James Jones, Greg Jennings? Nope. Jordy Nelson? Nope. No? NFC player. Okay. Uh, NFC uh, team. That's not the Packers. It's that probably Packers. lost the Super Bowl based on your wording. Yes. Seahawks are 06. This yeah. quarterback Steelers. was a Hall of Famer. Um, not famous. Did not break into the league with this team. Uh, this quarterback was one of two players before Tom Brady did it to go to a Super Bowl with other teams. And Man- Manning did it as well. Um, with another team. Hold up. Don't, don't, don't say it. Kurt Werner, so it's Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and someone else. Yes. But I can't think of who the third guy. Do you want the be. last guy? Oh, it's Steve Slayton, isn't it? No, it's Steve something. It's not Steve. What's his name? Breston. Steve Slayton. Is Steve it? Breston. Breston. Okay, yeah, yeah. Steve Breston. I, okay. Kurt Warner threw forty five hundred yards. Uh, Cardinals went nine and seven, lost to the Steelers. Fitzgerald had fourteen hundred yards, which is the most of any member of the thousand yard trio and the 262 combined receptions between the three players is the most receptions of the thousand yard trios all right the next one you probably you probably won't get any of the yeah three if you give me the year if you give me the year i will get it 95 95 well it's not it's not jerry rice and company no um 95 okay so we got hold on let me think here i'm gonna break this down i'm gonna break it down i'm gonna break it down break it down i don't know any of these players if it makes a difference uh what division? NFC South. Okay. Um, let's see. It's not some Buccaneers guys because I I know they're ground and pound. Ugly football. It's not some Saints guys because that would just be outrageous. Um, oh, geez. It can't be. Well, Panthers didn't start until recently. NFC South. Well, I've just named off most of the NFC South teams. God. It's not. Is it Falcons guys? Yeah. Andre Risen. No. No? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I know you know a lot of these players. You're going to know of them when I tell you them, but I don't know if I, if you're able to guess all of them. Yeah, you might you might just have to list off all, running the, out of time all the trios. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got to lift. You gotta, all right, ready? I'm going to read them off here. Atlanta, Eric Metcalf, Terrence Mathis, and Burt Emanuel. 1989, the Washington football team. Art, oh, Monk, Art Monk, Ricky Sanders, James Gary, Lofton. Gary oh. Clark. Okay. 1980, San Diego, Kellen Winslow, John Jefferson, and Charlie Joyner. Oh, yeah. Dan so Fouts throwing we, darts out do there. Do we get a new addition to this list in 2022? 
I, I hope know. so. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. So, so if you had to name this list before we before we run out of complete time management skills, <laughs> who would be on that list? What what three Buffalo Bills? Stefan Diggs. Diggs Davis. Davis. You could say McKenzie or McKenzie. it could be Knox. Could be Crowder. Crowder. Could be OBJ. It literally could be any of them. Yeah. And I'm cool with it. Yeah, well, if OBJ comes in halfway through the season, he'd have to do a lot of work to uh, get to a thousand yards. But all right, we got this is really fast, but this just happened, and I want to put it in here because Justin Ledger wrote an article from NBC.com about he's a writer from Boston. He covers the New England Patriots, and he talked about New England's training camp today. And his quote was: "The Pats' offense was distressingly." bad. Mac Jones took sack after sack, especially on third down, getting sacked four times. The running game does not exist. The running backs are not hitting the right holes. They're not getting the handoffs correctly. The offensive line is not blocking. The receivers are not getting separation and the offense looks putrid. Buying or selling the Patriots to finish last in the division. Sell, sell, hard sell, hard sell. Robert Sala could not wash Bill Belichick's Jock strap. Okay. Don't even, they could, they could be not good. They could easily be not good, but don't even, there is no way that Bill Belichick would win less games than Mr. Clean. Okay. That being said, <laughs> All right. that being said, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are so fat and out of shape. It's not like they could go and demonstrate the plays themselves, but um, I don't know. John, buy or sell? Uh, I might have to sell, but much more slightly than fat. I uh, I definitely will be putting like a $1 bet down on DraftKings for the Patriots to finish last in the division. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but maybe. I mean, you know, if Mac Jones goes down, I'm not I'm not trying to wish anything on anybody, but like they don't exactly have a deep roster on any side of the ball. And their number one receiver is going to be the guy from Miami. So, yeah, well, he's my sleeper. I would bet Devonte Parker to have a thousand yard receiving. Oh, I put him as a season. bust in the episode last week. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I also want to know. Okay, if we're if we're selling. FYI, I don't listen to the podcast really <laughs> <laughs> ever. That's but. funny. That's funny. Um, so my my next part to this is if we decide that the Bills are number one and the Jets are last, who has a better season, Tua or Mac Jones? Tua had twenty six hundred passing yards, sixteen TDs, ten interceptions. Mac Jones had thirty eight hundred. Passing yards, 22 TDs, and 13 interceptions. Um, okay, so I'm going to say that Tua has more yards, but Mac gets a higher completion percentage and probably that, a higher that, QB I didn't rating, list, maybe. I didn't list completion percentage okay, so yards. It, it, <laughs> state your terms. Well, for it's what, not wins what, because what, that's what, not a quarterback yeah, stat. What is a, what is a better season than Brandon? Yards and touchdowns. Yards and touchdowns, Tua. Yeah. Okay. Tua, because they're gonna, they're they're going to be a much uh they're, they're going to be a more pass heavy offense so he doesn't have to be as good I mean Mac Jones will have games where they run the ball so much that he only drops back to throw twenty times maybe so yeah like just or makes one a couple, time just makes or a couple of those in there yeah, and right. it'll make the volume difference even if Tua is less efficient I think Mac Jones is a better quarterback at this point to be honest yes. but um, I think we're going to talk differently at the end of the season. Well, I think Tua is yet to play to a full that. season. Yeah. Also, though, is also my true, thing with, yeah. Yeah. with Tua. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I had. I was just curious because I wanted to put some Patriots slander in our episode. Yes, yes. Well, I, I honestly don't think Mac Jones is that bad, honestly. Like, I think he's like low-key, low-key. Low another very bust good. from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like actually in shape this time around. Is he, though? I uh, From what I hear, from what I hear, he's looking pretty swole. 
Oh God, Pat! If you're somebody new, said he looked like Tim Tebow at camp, if you're how a new bad mediocre was. quarterback crush is within the division, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to, he could be just good enough that he's not threatening, but like good enough that you watch him on TV and you're like, "Wow, I like Mac." You know, but, he's gonna be your next Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, uh, once Tanny's gone, I don't know who I'm gonna root for. You know, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, good old McCorkle. Anyway, probably not though. Half the Patriots. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. I don't know how far I'm going to be able to edit this down, but we are 52 minutes in now, so we're going to have to cut it. Uh, but you guys know where to find us on Twitter at Nutbuff Podcast. Remember, if you want to enter our giveaway and get in the drawing for a free hat, probably a baseball cap, maybe some Pick beanies. six prizes. Yes. There's going to be six of them. Brandon likes to uh, name things, so we called it the Pick Six Prizes. So uh, Pick Six Preseason Pick'em. <laughs> Brandon, I also liked, I don't want to get off topic here because I'm trying to get the outro in here, um, but I loved how when you introduced Not Another Buffalo Podcast, you really got those Bs in there. Like I'm like, Not Another Buffalo Podcast, get onto the show, and you're like, Not Another Buffalo Podcast. And it's like, that's that sounds like a sports guy, so maybe oh. there's a, there's something in for this for you down the road, but uh yeah, I, I have no you. idea. You're about to be the next sale, dude. Sale was sale oh, was God. a teacher before he before he made it big. Yes, he was. Sale just had his big break on the Pat McAfee show. That's about to be <laughs> you in about three years, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I like not another Buffalo podcast. Better. All right, we'll be back on Friday. Go ahead and uh, make sure you retweet that link on Twitter. But until then, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>